0: Welcome to Sweet Talk. This broadcast is brought to you by the Continuing Education Workforce Training Division of Idaho State University's College of Technology. This podcast is part of our continuing outreach efforts and the format is conversational. We will be having conversations with businesses, professionals, entrepreneurs, community agencies, and in all cases, difference makers. Now, let's get started with Sweet Talk. Hello everyone, this is uh, Jason Batalden here with the Assistant Director of Continuing Education Workforce Training at the College of Technology at Idaho State University. Uh, We are bringing to you today another episode of our Sweet Talk. Um, And uh, we're well into our first year, and so we're excited. And we want to say thank you to our six loyal listeners. And a special shout out to my mom and dad, because they're they're two of the six. but uh, we're glad to be here today. We have a special guest. But before we get started on the guest, let's do a quick reminder of the rules. Remember, we are on this 20 minute 20-minute episode, so we have to cram a lot in a short amount of time, and Paul, we're just not getting, we're not really that good at getting it done in 20 minutes much anymore, are we? No,
1: no, we we always go over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, but, but it seems to work, and we're happy about it. Oh, yeah, by the way, Paul is with us today, and those of you who do follow the show know that Paul is our uh, tech and audio video guru, and also uh, participates in the show and asks questions or Contributes to the conversation with things that I de- always forget. So, with that said, we said welcome, and we know when we say welcome, the 20-minute timer starts. And so today, I'm just going to kind of start us off. We have Dr. Sheldon Akins with us today. He's the leading founder of the leading equity. C- he is the founder of the leading equity center and host of the leading equity podcast. He lives here right in Idaho, so we're so glad to have him with us today. He has over 11 years in education, and he served as a teacher, principal, and director of special education. And Dr. Akins, I am excited about our conversation today, um, as we just kind of want to learn a little bit more about the Leading Equity Center, what you're doing, the work that you do, and uh, especially how it kind of, I don't want to steal your thunder, but how important it is to education as we're moving forward in this very, uh, in our diverse and uh, culture that we live in across the country. So welcome, Dr. Akins. Welcome and thank you for being here with us today.
2: Well, thank you, Jason and Paul for having me on the show today. It is definitely a pleasure and an honor to be here and and to be able to interact with some local Idahoans uh, as well. So so (laughs) this is a big deal. So I I appreciate that. Um, like you said, um, I am uh, the director of the leading equity center and I'm also a podcast host myself. Uh, my podcast is entitled leading equity and, uh, Basically, what I do is, you know, I'm an educational consultant. Uh, In addition to my daytime job as a special education director, uh, I support educators with the tools and resources necessary to ensure equity at their school. You know, often we kind of get confused with, Equality versus equity uh, and, you know, equality is giving everybody the same thing, you know, one size fits all kind of approach. But when we start thinking about our students and the individual needs that our students have, um, that's the equity piece. You know, some students might need more than others. Some might need less. And, and so uh, that's the part that I really support our teachers with in, in ensuring that our, our kids are successful, ultimately. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Okay, so I mean, you you touched on the, the need, right? And the need meaning students, some students, in fact, all students, right, mm-hmm. need mm-hmm. something different to be successful. Um, and that requires, you know, um, a, a training to the teachers, a training to the system, uh, training in the classrooms, training in the uh, school districts themselves. I mean, that's the need specifically. And, and, and so how did that need in your life, come to the forefront. In other words, how did you, you entered, uh, you started out as a teacher. Is that you, yeah. you woke up. You, so my, in th- all full disclosure, my wife is a teacher and she will tell you, you know, from the sixth grade, she knew exactly what she wanted to be and has been nothing but a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't, that, that's an amazing thing. Is that sort of your, your calling yeah. or th- for you too? You just knew it.
2: Similar story. Uh, you know, 12th grade was my year. That was when I knew that I was going to be a, a, a school you know, a teacher. You know mm-hmm. I had this like I loved history growing through k twelve but particularly the twelfth grade year, I had a teacher, mr. Fielder, uh, awesome history teacher, and he was the basketball coach mm-hmm. of the school so I was like okay that 's what I want to do. I want to teach history and I want to be a basketball coach all yeah. at the same time that's, that was my goal. so I went to college and and pursued you know social science education, knocked out my degree, got that in, and soon I got a first teaching job I taught history and I started coaching (laughs) basketball um and that I mean that was that was it for me so yeah definitely you know I think if you're an educator as you know even if you're one of those second career you know this is not necessarily what you started in um but those of us who are educators know like there was that moment that it was like okay this is what I'm doing this is this is this is me yeah
0: I think that speaks to the profession itself, you know, that it goes beyond, and I'm not denigrating anyone else. We all have those passions, right? We all have those certain things or interests that lead us in, but teaching to me, and, and I, I guess I am prejudiced on this just because <laughs> my wife's one, right? And and I've always, by the way, I've always felt like there needs to be a support group for teacher spouses because you know if you've ever you know ever br- been gone to a party with your teacher partner um and then all the teachers get together and do teacher talk and the rest of you just stand out there and wonder when it's time to go home so there needs to be a support group for teachers out i think, just sh- i'm just shouting that out
2: i i think not only uh a support group i, I think that's fair i think a stipend is 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 helpful as well yeah. uh I can't tell you how many times my wife has helped me decorate my room. Like that's always been like the one thing I'd never wanted to do was, or or it felt like I could do. Uh, It's like, how do I organize things? Where do I put my desk and, and what kind of posters should I put up? Uh, And so the countless hours that my wife has put in with helping me out with that, in addition to helping me grade papers and just all those little things that have, you know, being teachers sometimes we feel overwhelmed and we grab our spouses our partners and say hey can you help us do these things so i think a stipend in addition to the support group is fair
0: there you go i uh, support that 100 percent. you've got my vote for that for sure but so you started out as a history teacher correct yeah basketball coach and then through that career the the issue of equity um because that's where that's your focus right i mean that's mm-hmm. You're the founder of Leading Equity Center. So can you touch on that a little bit? Where, when did that become sort of for you the, the, the mission or at least the purpose or the goal of moving into that a little bit?
2: It, so I know we have 20 minutes, so I'm going to try to make this as... <laughs> <laughs> make this as quick as possible. Uh, honestly, I didn't know what equity was, uh, 10 years yeah. ago when I first started teaching. Uh, I didn't, I had no clue what equity was. Uh, I just kind of got an idea that there's things that I need to be more mindful of. Mm-hmm. Um, so first job straight out of college, uh, I'm sitting on my couch, uh, playing video games with my brother and, I'm like, man, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. I I was working at a call center, and it just wasn't fun, you know, taking phone calls, listening to people complain all day, every day. Um, I get a random call from a superintendent in the Virgin Islands. He says, hi, is this Sheldon? I'm like, yes. He's like, this is a superintendent from the Virgin Islands. Uh, Do you want to teach out here? I'm like, yes, of course. Like, are you kidding me? You said Virgin Islands? Yes, I'm there. So he sets me up. You know, I'm on the first plane over there. I'm teaching. Uh, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And, you know, it's the island, you know, just the culture, everything there, right? And so there was one day where one of my teachers, who was actually my roommate at the time, he said, hey, Sheldon, man, everybody thinks you're very rude to them. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, what do you say when someone says good morning to you or good afternoon to you? And I say, well, you know, I just say, Hey, what's up, y'all? How y'all doing? You know, how you feeling? You know, what's up, y'all? What's up? Uh, Cause that's what I was used to saying. Like, that's how I used right. to talk. Right. And so he's like, nah, man, you can't do that. When someone says good morning to you, you have to say good morning back. If someone says good afternoon, you say good afternoon back. That is our culture. That is what we do. So it clicked. I'm like, Oh, wow. Oh, Oh, so I am being rude based right. on, my knowledge, my lens, my world—that I, my experiences, my background—I'm being rude because I'm in a totally different culture. Yes, I'm black, but all black people aren't the same, right? Culturally, <laughs> there's different things, right, right, right. right. And, and so, there was that moment where I was like, okay. I have to be mindful of the students in front of me, the community in front of me. Uh, and and I, I just dug, I dove right in head first. I mean, I literally did everything I could to learn about the culture, to learn. I mean, we're speaking English, but I'm the one with the accent, right? Can, no one can understand anything I'm saying. Right. I can't understand anything that they're saying. Right. And we're both speaking English. And so that was a time for me to really start thinking about what education looks like, because sometimes as teachers, we come in with our own experiences, our own lenses, and we're not looking at the world through our students' eyes. Mm -hmm. And that's where that equity clicked. That's where that, oh, I can't just instill what I know and what I do and how how I view the world. I right. need to be mindful. I need to be responsive to the students in my classroom. And that was that moment. I mean, I started being, you know, I, I was a kayak coach, Jason and Paul, like <laughs> I've never been on a boat. Like I had never done any of those things, but I, I, I dove into that. I just became right. a kayak coach and I, I started camping. I, I did all the beach. stuff. I went to all the festivals. I went to all these things right. and that was my experience. And that was that first moment of, okay, this is the work I need to be doing.
0: Right on, right on. And, and not to make the show at all about me, but I, I um, had a similar experience. I grew up in Wyoming, right? Mm-hmm. A little tiny town, 4,000 people, um, you know, white as white could be, you know what I mean? Just, and, and not a good white, you know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> in the sense that uh, people were great, but, you know, a lot of racist uh, uh, mentalities and attitudes about people of different color and, and cultures. Uh, one of the first job, the first job I got out of college was in Tampa, Florida, mm. I love Tampa, Florida. I'm never going to live east of the Mississippi ever again in my life unless it's in Tampa, Florida. I mean, talk about a cultural melting pot, Haitians, mm-hmm. Dominicans, Jamaicans. I mean, you name it, right? And then native Floridians, which are a weird bunch of people all about themselves. I mean, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's a great place. And so me, this little boy from 4,000 uh, town in, buff, in Buffalo, Wyoming to Tampa, Florida was a culture shock. And it was a wonderful Very challenging experience, and that's something equity doesn't come without challenge, it doesn't come without change, it doesn't come without um, understanding someone else um, and understanding those differences. Doesn't come uh, without sandpaper moments, right? Mm
2: -hmm. You
0: gotta rough, you gotta sand off those rough edges, so to speak.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of us have had that moment where it's like, oh shoot, what the heck have I been doing? Like, I straight (laughs) totally took people for granted, I just came in here, and you know what. Uh, so I live in Idaho now, right? And I work on a right. reservation and, um, you know, I had to, you know, just keep those things in mind. I can't come into a, a group of a community and just feel like I'm, I'm the stuff and, and feel like, uh, you know, I, I'm just going to instill all of my, my mindset and, and knowledge. You know, I got a PhD and all this stuff. No, like I'm in someone else's world. I'm, I'm a guest, I'm a visitor and I need to embrace the culture and not come in on a a way of looking, uh, like as if I know everything. No, I don't know. I don't know anything. Um, and so the time that I have spent over the last what four years that I've been working out here, uh, has been very, um, uh, influential to my life and, and my spirituality and and just the the things i i 've seen and believe in and it's just like has i 've been so open to these things had I just approached the reservation um, and and not been open to to learning and 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 developing uh, relationships and and trying to be a part of this community. Man, I, I don't think I would have lasted. I don't think I would have made it this long, but it's so important to me wherever I'm at. So even if I'm in the Virgin Islands or if I'm on a reservation, if I'm in another state or town, for me to embrace the culture that's available to me and learn as much as I can.
0: Well, and I think that hits on the, the front of that, too. And I it, 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 we can't be ignorant to the fact there are differences, right? I mean, we just can't pretend just because you're dealing with the same, you know, let's say you're teaching high school, right? High school on a reservation, high school in Southeast Idaho, high school in in Boise, high, Idaho, you know, wherever that high school is, they're going to have cultural differences based on who the people there is. And you can't walk into that being purposely blinded. You have okay. to say things are different here. It's not a judgment. That's not a good or bad evaluation but to recognize okay and i have to adapt to that right mm-hmm. there has to be and, and i think sometimes we we've maybe there has been this pressure to to not the, the polite thing to do is to not to acknowledge the differences
2: to say I don't see color, or I don't, I don't see those things. I mean, I, that that comes up a lot. But you see color. I mean, if anyone's <laughs> watching this video, they know there's two white guys and a black guy on the show. But like, right. to tell me that you don't see color is you're erasing someone's identity. And so I I know people say, well, I treat everybody the same, and I, you know, all, I all our blood is red, and all those kind of conversations. But there are differences, and not only differences from an, a racial standpoint, but I learned myself. That just because I'm black, if I enter another place that's predominantly black, doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to understand and know the language, culture, and traditions of that community that I'm entering in just because we share the same race.
1: Or
0: even yeah. the same language. Go ahead, yeah.
1: Paul. Sorry. Yeah, well, you know, the, you know, when I was, the way I was brought up is uh, that old proverb, uh, you don't know anyone unless you've walked a mile in their shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time you go into a new situation, you can't look at someone across the room going, I know everything about them. You don't right. mm-hmm. you don't know anything about them. When I, uh, I'm originally from Massachusetts, and my in a previous life, I was a real estate appraiser, and my job was part of uh, doing the appraisal. I, I did the Boston area, mm-hmm. and I did the areas of Boston that were mostly minorities, um, and that's, I would go into that neighborhoods and I had coworkers that would go, "How do you, how do, you do that?" I mean, I would never go there I go what they're it's a neighborhood it's Mm -hmm. their community i go i i I never i have never run into a problem i've never had an issue because it's their community you go in with the with the uh openness that you're just walking into someone's neighborhood it's uh, another community and don't go in with your biases you'll be fine Mm -hmm. um all you know it's that look of respect when you're in someone's presence, you look them in the eye and you show them the proper respect and they'll show you the proper respect. You
2: know, those so stereotypes, right? People, right. you know, limited information, limited knowledge. All I have to go off of is, is movies, uh, music, maybe some TV shows. And uh, so I expect, or I think this is how people are. Uh, that's different than me. This is how people respond. And this is how they behave. You know, uh, people love basketball, you know, black people love basketball because that's what I watch. And that's what I know from movies. But really, do you really know that individual? Do you know that community? My son, does not play any sports at all. I mean, he's the total opposite of what you would perceive or stereotype an individual, uh, a black person. But again, if you don't take the time to get to know my son or, or other um, people of certain communities, then you're going to have these these biases, like you said, and we're going to make these free judgments and we're not going to know the people at all. We have to take things on an individual basis. And that's that's what I do.
1: And, so and that's—I think—that's okay. a really important thing um, uh, you said there—is everyone's an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. To go, go in with these preconceived on our entire community, or it, it, I, I get so angry. About that. <laughs> well,
0: it, it's so um, jumping on from there for just a second too is so I, I you know your work is with school districts, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's what that's what you're working with them. I'm assuming to help them understand those biases and those biases exist, right? Yeah. We all have biases. The the reality of who we are because we all have different experiences. Mm -hmm. So your work with school districts, with teachers in the classroom, um, how do you, how do you kind of, and, and again, I know we're on time crunch, but how do you, where do
2: you start with
0: something like that? Where do you, where do you start? You walk in and say, Hey, we're all, y'all got biases. Let's get used to it and go from there. I, mean. <laughs> I I
2: start, I start with self-awareness that's because in order to really do this work or really to, you have to look at yourself and say, Oh man, this is things that, you know, I was raised a certain way. This is family, the community I grew up in, those kind of things have shaped my judgment of the world right uh so i always start with self-awareness and i have plenty of resources that i that i utilize to uh, activities that i utilize to say okay what are you thinking uh what's your circle uh what what are these different forms of biases um and how can we challenge those biases and often our biases come from stereotypes Uh, that is the root of a lot of the biases that we have because we have limited information on other people. Uh, and so we, we, we automatically start to, you know, we see someone with wearing a certain way, uh, wearing clothes a certain way or dress a certain way. Uh, someone with a suit on, we automatically think, Oh, they must be about business. Or, uh, we see someone with jeans on baggy clothes or a hoodie. oh, there must be, they must be trouble. So, We don't know anything about the individual. The same person could be wearing a different, like could have this, a picture of the same person wearing different clothes and your perceptions will change. We all have these biases. So, again, I start with the self-awareness. What are those biases that you have in, re, in, in relation to where you've been, where you've grown up? And then from there, we can build on how we can better support our students.
0: Right. And, you know, I, that, that idea too, though, right, is to come, is to un, that self-awareness. Because we all have to have coping mechanisms. You know, yeah. we, we're, we are an ordered people. I mean, that is our nature as human beings. We do not thrive in disorder. Mm-hmm. And so when we come across new environments, we have to take what limited knowledge we have and try to apply a set of rules or a set of guidelines or a set of social sort of rules that, that apply to help us adapt to these different situations. And it takes the courage to be able to, Set those down and re-examine them from a different angle, different perspective, and truly ask the question: is, Are these working? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, are these helping me accomplish the goals? Um, I, I Is that, I mean, I, uh, Sheldon? I do not want to pretend I know your job at all, so I'm sorry. I get kind of fired up about some of these. Things, no, get but, fired up, man. That's but what if we're I'm here for. if I'm off the base, you you slap me down and correct me and say, <laughs> No, no, dude, you're way wrong because. Uh, you know, I just, that, but that's my thought. And so when you go into these classrooms, the first thing you do is talk to the teachers and say, become aware, become mm-hmm. aware who you are. And that's a hard thing that, I mean, just pull up your Facebook page, right. Mm-hmm. And see how many struggles people are having with setting down their personal biases.
2: Yeah. That's, that's all. Yeah. That, and it starts there. I mean, there's definitely more to it, but it, to me, I like to get people self-aware so that they can be more open to feedback. Um, sometimes we get, to, as teachers, we get forced into these PDs and, you know, oh, I got to go to another professional event. Oh, this, how long is this one? And what time is this over? Um, so I want to try to create a space where folks start to become more open. Oh, oh, wait wait oh oh, okay this is pretty relevant to me oh i'm i'm ready to engage in this conversation but if i just jump in and say y'all were wrong you know the way that you're approaching students is terrible like if i come at things that way it's it's probably not gonna go well right but if i say hey here's some things i want you to consider have you thought about this have you looked at kind of you know self-reflected on things then i can try to you know break down i mean having conversations about race especially with white folks is not all always the easiest conversation because there's that fragility there. There's, There's people like, oh, I don't want to say the wrong thing because I might be perceived as racist. I want to try to break down those barriers and say, let's engage in these conversations, even if it makes you feel uncomfortable to have these conversations, but we need to talk about it because there are issues that you may not be experiencing, but they're experiencing, uh, your students are probably experiencing these things, especially your students of color. So we need to engage in this conversation. We can't avoid it. We have to talk about it. We do. And
0: we have to be willing to use, uh, you know, what, uh, language and, and the language that, the hard word, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, not the. Uh, for me, be careful. What I mean by that is, is you know, what's difficult, you, you hit the nail on the head, what's hard about black people or that I have talking with, uh, you know, a black person about race is I'm trying to stay away from the racist word, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to be a racist. But to a certain degree, my biases, my biases as my own, from my own culture are racist. To, is that
2: too far to take that? Tell me more. What do you, what do you mean by that? Well, I, let's go back to my example.
0: Uh, You know, like, well, let's go back to me growing up in little Buffalo, Wyoming, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they're, they're, I I don't want to, I shouldn't have mentioned the town because, you know, my parents, (laughs) my parents still live there, but, you know, I, I vividly have memories of uh, people of different culture, different color moving Mm -hmm. in the community Mm -hmm. and not staying in the community more than a month. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and now when you go back to Buffalo, Wyoming, God bless them. There's some different color in Buffalo, Wyoming, praise the Lord. So, uh, but that wasn't the case, you know, 50 years ago. So, um, so I, I take that experience. So right in that world, you know, why wasn't that? Well, you, you heard from my culture that people of a color possess certain stereotypical attributes or lacked at certain things or this. And that was the only feedback I got, right? I right. had to go to Tampa, Florida mm. to have be exposed to, wait a minute, that was not true, right? Yeah. But, but for me to, to get from where I was to that experience I had in Tampa, Florida, I had to acknowledge that my view was
2: racist. I see what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. and that, and it's, and it's based off of how you were influenced, right? Right, your town right. that you're talking about, the the conversations, the circles that you were involved in, and the conversations that, in, uh, I mean, you probably saw stuff. Um, I, I'll give you an example because I actually have the book right here. Um. I don't know if you heard of this book is how to be an anti-racist, uh, by Dr. Oh. Abram X. Kendi. Uh, really I, good I just book. heard this. Yeah. yeah. I heard, it. I don't remember where I read it. I just heard about it. Yeah. So he talks about in his book, he talks about how, you know, folks will say, well, I don't wear a hood. Uh, I, I'm not burning crosses, so I can't be racist. Right. Uh, but what he argues in his book is that, Well, there is no such thing as not racist. There is either racist or anti-racist. So an anti-racist is an individual who's actively trying to dismantle white supremacy, right? So if I'm saying, um, well, I saw a a Black person, for example, being mistreated by a white person, uh, and I know that was a racist uh, act towards this individual of color and I didn't say anything. I just walked away or I turned my head. Uh, so that wasn't me participating in this. I, I can't be racist, but what he's saying is, well, what could you have done in that situation? How could you have intervened? How could you have stopped a situation that you knew was based off of race and you just didn't do it. And so, because you didn't participate in this activity, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you haven't, um, what's the word? Um, culpability or yeah. Um, cold. Yeah. So bystander, if you will. Right. So right. that's what he's saying is how can we take things for So Jason, for example, you said that you grew up in a certain area and there's conversation that you heard, heard, uh, maybe you even heard the N word being spoken around people around you. Right. But if you didn't say, uh, please don't use that word. Uh, that is very offensive to me and to black people, or please don't use this word because that's offensive to, uh, L- um, you know, another race that has sure. you know, racial slurs. If we didn't say anything, but we just said, Oh, I didn't say it. I didn't participate in it. And that's what he's trying to get folks to really think about is, okay, how can we go beyond not participating in these events uh, and not doing them ourselves? But we see these things, we witness these things happen. We witness these conversations happen. We see someone is intentionally keeping someone back because of their skin color, or they're not going to hire them because of their skin color or their name sounds too ethnic. Oh, I can't say their name. So I'm not going to hire them. We're not even going to interview them. Even though this person is qualified, but we just won't go past the name on that paper or their address. Oh, they're from that community. Oh, from that street. Go. Oh, no, I, phew, we don't want them coming in. here. You know how they're probably trouble. But if you didn't, just because you didn't actually say that or participate and you didn't actually try to stop or intervene, especially because you're in that circle, you're a part of that those conversations that are happening where there aren't people of color around, and if you're not doing anything about it, that's the part that he's really trying to push is like, how can you be anti-racist where we're actively trying to dismantle white supremacy? There we go.
0: There we go. And I'm going to leave it at that because our timer went off about, I don't know, 20
1: minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 think that, I, I think that was really important to, to, yeah. to get out. I think that was uh, really important. I, I would never want to, cut you off at that point um but the one thing i did want to talk about yeah um because this is all very important but uh I, I we have to have you back we absolutely have to have you back because i you know you're absolutely obviously you're, you're super passionate and this is something that you truly believe in um but i also want to talk to you how what drove you to start your podcast um and you know and your reception on that and so forth so definitely i we we need to schedule you now to come back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, also, I think Jason mentioned that you're, you're teaching a class for us.
2: Yeah. So, uh, I offer a, a course through the leading equity center entitled, uh, teaching through a culturally diverse lens. And it's, uh, it's a, it's a six module course, uh, that I, I house through my website, but I'm working with, uh, CWT to, uh, facilitate that as well. Um, so that's kind of in negotiation, I guess, in the works. So I, I don't okay, have great, much great. more. Yeah.
0: Great. It uh, I'll just put the plug out when the fall catalog comes out, Pay extra attention, and and, uh, and it hopefully will be there. So that's our yeah. big thing. So with that being said, uh, Dr. Higgins, how does how do people get a hold of you?
2: Well, if they're podcast listeners, I'm assuming so because they're listening to this show. Uh, you can find me as well. It's called Leading Equity, it's especially for our educators. Uh, I primarily support uh, have different conversations with guests. Uh, the other way to f- follow me is through Twitter at Sheldon Akins, and that's E A K I N S. I'm also on Instagram at Sheldon Akins as well, uh, and of course, you can go to my website, LeadingEquityCenter.com.
0: Very good. Excellent. Very good. Dr. Aikens, I, uh, I don't even know, to be honest, if we could scratch the surface of nope. this conversation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We, we could go on but for, for two hours, three hours and not scratch the surface.
0: And and I, and I, I don't know if I – I still don't know if I'm – if we do this again, I might ask another host to come in because – I still feel like there was a lot better questions that could have helped nail this down. But I, I do want to tell you that I truly enjoyed this conversation. Um, and I'm um, excited to have you back on the show and, um, and to just have an opportunity to have these kind of conversations were just, was just extremely exciting and encouraging to me today. So um, I hope that uh, it was beneficial for you and, oh, yeah. and, and Paul, I, I appreciate you
1: always. I, uh, I, I, I really loved um uh, I learned what the the equity term meant um, and what because I was thinking for some reason you see equity and you think about uh, a, financial division, yeah. a financial division, a financial division, and if not, this is more of a uh, um, uh, social um, division. Not you know, yeah. I'm thinking dollars and cents, and I think a lot of people think dollars and cents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in order to uh, uh, equalize things, hey, we need to contribute more to certain portions of the cider, which we do um but um I, I i thinking monetary and this was more of a social thing
2: yeah 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 yep. and, there's there's equity and you know mortgages and stuff like that but um uh this is more from the school perspective of how do we make sure individual needs are being met very good
0: all right well here's the last plug we'll shut this down or we'll never get done here's the last plug is uh if you obviously please if you're listening to the show Check out our website, cetrain.isu.edu. That is cetrain at isu.edu. Check us out. Check out uh, our podcast, our blog page, our class offerings. Uh, keep your ears and eyes open for uh, Dr. Sheldon Aikens in the future. Um, I'm sure any well, gonna time – We're going to have him back. Well, I know on our class (laughs) offerings and the things that we can do. Uh, With that being said, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you for listening. And I hope you all continue to have a wonderful, wonderful day.